Welcome to this Food Thing podcast. This is the place where we talk about our relationship with food, whether it is friend or foe, easy or less so, and how it affects our behavior. I'm so excited to introduce our first ever video course, the Creative Recovery Accelerator, or for ease, the CRA. What story do you tell yourself about your eating disorder? What feelings and emotions are you trying to avoid with your ED behaviors? How do you talk to your body? And what beliefs are you hanging on to to keep you where you are? The CRA will work on all ED and addictive behaviors. And wherever you are along your recovery journey, it will help you either stay on track, start or accelerate further. Make peace with yourself, shift your perspective and get well. I know how hard it is to let go of ED and addictive behaviors, which is why I've created the CRA, so we can help as many people as possible. Just visit lovethisfoodthing.com forward slash accelerator for all of the details. Here's today's episode. Welcome back to Love This Food Thing podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Sarah Joseph. Sarah is a five element acupuncturist and herbalist. Her work is informed by her studies in contemplative psychology, and she acts as a regional group coordinator for the British Acupuncture Council. A core principle of five-element acupuncture is the recognition that the state of our body, mind and spirit are linked. Energetic blocks can have a knock-on effect and cause symptoms far from their state of origin. Sarah believes in treating the individual rather than chasing symptoms. She is known for her calm, methodical approach and is one of life's natural healers. She also has a 30-year meditation practice. Sarah Welcome to Love This Food Thing podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. (laughs) After our technical journey. So I always fess up, but we did record before, Sarah and I, but typically I had stuff on the wrong settings, so we were having to redo. But it's really nice because we have a dress rehearsal and um, uh, it's just, you know, we're kind of in the zone. So let's start how would you describe your relationship with food would you describe it as a friend or a foe there have been times when it has been a foe Mm -hmm. some foods I was intolerant to but mostly I really love food it's um I take great pleasure in it which how did you find out that you were intolerant to foods some foods um in my late 20s and early 30s I had irritable bowel Um, and it took me a a while to sort of piece together how that happened I I realize now that it it started with a holiday and you know spending the first week by the loo oh wow Um, okay and in those days we didn't really know about prebiotics and probiotics and things like that yeah but my body was struggling to um, take nutrition out of food really And that led to, in Chinese medicine terms, uh, a yin deficiency. You know, my body was quite weak. And that then led to me not really being able to deal with stress so well. Okay. Although I had had many years of stressful living, really, as you do in your 20s, (laughs) working and playing hard. Yeah. Um, But it got to the stage where I really, really just wasn't able to control my mind and my body. Um, I wasn't, it was really distressing kind of going into meetings, even socialising because of the irritable bowel. 
So would that manifest in pain, bloating? Yeah, all of that. Yeah. Wind. Yeah. So, well, no, so debilitating. Yeah, it really was. And were you unable to die before you were diagnosed and you eliminated the foods that were causing these symptoms? Were you unable to digest anything? Oh, certain things that would trigger it. So um, a, lo- a lot of vegetables, unfortunately, um, beans, um, weirdly, dried bananas would send me into absolute agony. It's ridiculous. Okay. Did you eat a lot of dried bananas? <laughs> what were you doing eating dried bananas instead of fresh bananas? Or did you well, crave the stuff that made you sick? No, I mean, that was that was given, you know, I went to visit somewhere and they had banana chips instead of crisps. Okay. You know? No, I do remember dried bananas. They used to sell them. I don't know if they, they do. Of course, they still sell them, but they were in packs, you know, like sardines fruity sardines (laughs) packed together I remember eating them because it was this thing of like well don't eat you know don't eat sugar so you can have this even though it's still sugar but it's going to be you're going to be told that it's 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 better it's you know it's not it produces the same response in your body trying to be healthy yeah 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 yeah. all that 80s stuff um so did you did you diagnose yourself or did you go and seek expert help well I think the thing that concerned me most at that time, I had irritable bowel, but mm. handling my emotions and handling my stress was the key thing for me to start with. Um, and actually, I I went to something called Emotional Health Anonymous, okay, which is a bit like um, Alcoholics Anonymous in that it's a 12-step program. Right. I've never heard of Emotional Health Anonymous. No, in fact, it hardly exists in this country at all. What and a shame. Yeah, it really is a shame. But it was the first time that I had gone somewhere and was willing to sort of admit that I I needed help. You know, I couldn't cope anymore. Wow. Um, and it was so cathartic just being in front of a group of people. Excuse me. No worries. And, and just saying, you know, I... I can't cope anymore with my mental health, I guess, at that time. And I think I just cried for about an hour, you know, the kind of release of handing over to something um, and knowing that I needed support. And so after that, I I was recommended by a friend to see a herbalist who also practised acupuncture and... For me, having that acupuncture, it was just two needles. He left me, went out the room, and the stress left my body, and it was so incredible for me. I don't think that I had felt that relaxed since probably before my father had died, and he died when I was 11. Maybe even before that, you know, I had quite a sort of stressful um, childhood but it was almost miraculous for me, you know, that experience. And so... Can you... Sorry to interrupt you. I'm sure. just struck about your father dying and then internalising the grief. And it was in your stomach rather than in your lungs, but maybe in all your organs. How... When you... When the, it left you, when you're lying on the table and you've just got two needles in, can you describe the feeling of... process or how it left you or is it too difficult to put into words it's it's like night and day um 
It really was. It 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 almost felt like it was leaving through the needles. You know, for me, that was that was my experience of it. It's not everybody's experience. Um, yeah, just to feel really relaxed. I mean, I can't really sort of describe. Did you have a movement of energy? How I yeah, I suppose it's a movement of of energy or chi. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I cut you off. Go on. Yeah. That's okay. Look, also, can so, I just say that I think yeah. if you're going to dedicate your life, which you have, to practicing something, some kind of modality, and, you know, being an acupuncturist, I mean, that's a lot of, of uh, cerebral work and practical work and experience. I think you have to have something that you go, wow, this is amazing. And completely yeah. life changing, and you go right. I can. I'm going to put in the work. Because it's like ten, who, who's Michael Gladwell always says, doesn't he? Ten thousand hours. Ten thousand hours to become an expert. Yeah. But my God, you need like the the um, resilience and the uh, the intention to do all that. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't been into complementary medicine at all before that. You okay. Know? So it was it was a real revelation to me, and I, I think a lot of people do come to complementary therapy or acupuncture when they've tried everything else and nothing's working for them or you know it works for a bit but they know that something isn't right something's still missing yeah I think you get pivoted out of your state don't you yeah yeah I mean that was that was the start of my healing journey it was no by no means the beginning and, and end of it you know I had to do a lot of um, uncovering of really what was going on for me. Um, and, yeah. What was, just before we move on, what was food like when you were a kid and at home? Food was... And your feelings around it and your family's feelings around it. I mean, coming from an um, Asian family, so my family are from Singapore. Mm. Um, I'm mixed race, half Indian, half Chinese. My parents had different religions. But, you know, what's common in the Asian family is that food is everything, you know, food is love. Yeah. So my mum cooked uh, fresh food every day um, and it was, a, it was a really enjoyable experience. It was probably the only time that, um, I, yeah, the only time that I kind of really enjoyed the house, being in the household. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, so you have this experience, your first acupuncture experience. And when did you start understanding the link between, because most of the serotonin is made in your stomach, isn't it? Yeah. And I, microbiome is all the rage now. Yeah, exactly. And becoming kind of common parlance in a way that it certainly wasn't even five years ago. Sure. And also prebiotics and probiotics and finding your way through what works because not all probiotics are made equal. And this whole way of thinking or this understanding that, that what goes on in your stomach is directly linked to your brain and what goes on in your brain is directly linked to your stomach and that both have to be functioning and well and healthy would you, is there anything you'd like to add to that? And then when did you first start understanding all of that? 
Yeah, that's certainly true. And because that wasn't understood at the time, I I put it all down to my mental, emotional health. Ah, so interesting. So that's why I started to... I mean, you can't start everywhere. You can't do it, everything. Right. Um, all at once, I don't think. Perhaps you can with that knowledge. But I hadn't understand. I hadn't understood how the deficiencies in my body and my nutrition had led to, had, had contributed to um, poor mental health or, or not being able to deal with stress properly. Yeah. Um, so it, it came over time. You know, I started to, uh, I think actually it was just by accident that in the early days of, of trying probiotics, I just happened to strike upon the, the product that worked for me. And I now realise that that product doesn't work for everyone. You know, it really depends um, on your individual case. But I I started looking after myself as well. You know, up until then, I was a kind of typical... Um, I mean, I ate well, but probably a lot of, you know, too much dairy and um, un- unprocessed carbohydrates. But yeah. I, did, I did know how to cook well. I was kind of choosing choosing not to. And so over time, improving my own nutrition, taking those pri- probiotics that allowed me to digest things that I couldn't before. You know, I was a typical Asian who couldn't digest cheese and couldn't right, right. really process alcohol. Right, right. Um, but that wellness, uh, that unity of mind and body and wanting to care for myself, finding myself, um, it's all a a process. Did you find that as you healed your stomach, your mental processes calmed down without you almost noticing? Absolutely. Yeah, they're they're so linked. I mean, when I decided to take on... um, to, to take care of my health nutritionally. So I started eating dark leafy greens, etc. Yeah, yeah. That was really, really rapid. My, the improvement of my, of feeling grounded um, changed enormously as well. Prebiotics. Explain what's the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic. Prebiotics help you to digest the food that you're putting into your body and the probiotics improve your gut flora and fauna. And what foods would you recommend for prebiotics, naturally occurring prebiotics? Um, So things, well, from a Chinese medicine point of view, they would be um, sour things. Yeah, cherries. Yeah, um, different pickles and things like that. Okay. Are you a fan of fermented foods? Yeah, absolutely. So they are, they are, um, well, they have less vinegar on, in them, but they, I think they're good for prebiotics and probiotics, both of those. I mean, I'm not an expert in that, in that field of, um, nutrition. Uh, I just know my, my own journey in terms of that. Yeah, I'm just interested in what you would recommend from a Chinese point of view, um, Chinese medicine point of view, and your own acupuncture uh, sort of 
ways that's so bad acupuncture sort of ways yeah there is a whole there is a whole area of Chinese nutrition which is based on the five elements and I, you know that that would take a couple of hours to explain that without kind of characterizing I, do, I don't think it's right just to say well I mean the thing about acupuncture is, is that it's so individual so really without making a a diagnosis to say that everyone can benefit from xyz I don't think yeah. is it's very clear though, isn't it? And if you look back at, if you look at any culture and if you look at their culinary history and how cultures cook, yeah, like, you know, like with the, let's say the Italians, they'll have like a, I mean, I don't eat meat, but they'll have like a meat and they'll have a, something to break down that protein and the fat and the meat, which will be like, I don't know, a, lem- a lemon or a, or a lime or something. Yeah. Which and it all, all, and so many of the influences came up from the Middle East and along the kind of spice route and eventually ended up in Europe and the same with um Eastern European cooking Absolutely. their kind of yeah. attachment not attachment but that they understood about eating fermented foods yeah because it, it helps with the digestion and because we now have such a processed diet in the west which is about economics isn't it yeah and i think is extremely dark and about keep, keep keeping people oppressed and down so you don't have the energy to maybe confront structures that we're living under but that's just like that's a different conversation (laughs) but we so we don't have any of that and then our our digestive systems just kind of collapse yeah I mean I think we had it in our past or England we had that but it yeah as you as you say the modern world is a industrial time isn't it and we are just machines to be fueled and go to work. <laughs> yeah. And then we can't think straight. And then we have got, you know, we've struggled with our cognitive processes or can't get our words out. Like I can't get my words out today. <laughs> and then we can't challenge the status quo because we're all knackered and we're ill. Yeah. It is political. Um, health is political for sure. Okay. We're going to take a quick break on that lovely note. Welcome back to Love This Feeding Podcast. I'm here with the lovely Sarah Joseph and um, we are going to talk about five element acupuncture, which is part of the whole mothership (laughs) of acupuncture, Chinese medicine. Is it part of Chinese acupuncture or part of Chinese medicine or is that not even relevant? We call it um, traditional East Asian medicine because it encompasses that, that whole area. Okay. Um, so five elements is common to all of acupuncture, but it's the emphasis um, that's placed on it that is different between the d- different tra- traditions. But it also, because I've had treatments with you, it also seems to incorporate a spiritual element that is, I haven't experienced with other acupuncturists. That's right. So th- we might use the same acupuncture point, but one has a more... Um, or they have multiple uses and in other traditions they will use them more for the physical side okay uh, whereas we would use it more for the spiritual side so will you use it for the physical and the spiritual side yeah for sure yeah Yeah. so can you give us a little pitch on exactly what five element acupuncture is yeah, so some people call it constitutional acupuncture because Mm -hmm. it treats the individual person Um, But the five elements are a way to describe the characteristics and interplay of all observable phenomena. 
Um, because it's based on an, an assessment of quality rather than structure, as in, say, Western medicine or other types of acupuncture, um, it's ideal for studying the non-material aspects of beings, i.e. the mind and emotions, or mind and spirit. Okay, so let me try and translate that. So instead of I break my leg, my leg is broken, the bone is broken, which I would say in your terms is the structure. Yeah. You're also looking at, in the spiritual aspect, you're looking at what effect that broken leg has on the body and the rest of your systems. Yeah, the purpose of five element acupuncture is to restore the authentic nature of, of an individual. So it it's based on this idea that we, all of us have a particular perspective that we have on things. Mm-hmm. And through life, we get bent out of shape because of our beliefs. Okay. So... If we take, for example, you know, a child, well, when we are all children and if a mother says, no, don't do that, yeah, then one child might be angry and say, oh, life is unfair. Another child will think, oh, I'm not cared for. Another child will think, I'm not loved. Another child will think, oh, I'm not worthy. There's something wrong with me. And then it goes through life with that belief and collects data, which just reinforce that belief. Right. And then a way they find a way to deal with that. So that that's their behavior. They might be very self-critical and self-critical of others. They may go through life thinking, oh, it's all a joke. Um, you know, if I, if I'm, if I laugh and I'm happy all the time, then people will love me. Um, they may try to exert control over people and control over their lives. So it then becomes their life thesis. Mm. And a lot of that, you know, the reasons why they do those things um, become their shadow. In union terms? Um, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So five element acupuncture, you know, we hear this saying about um, letting the light in. Yeah. Acupuncture is actually about letting the life out, letting the light out. Ah. Because we are already whole. I love, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So the, the process of an acupuncture treatment or that relationship between the practitioner Um, and the patient is about helping to uncover shadow and that person might not even be aware of it so you know a lot of the time we use language and it's it can be misleading from a practitioner's point of view someone might say they're anxious but actually they're afraid and And the difference is really important in Chinese medicine or in five element acupuncture because it affects the body in different ways. Um, And so the acupuncture points release, help to release um, that shadow and allow that authentic nature to come through. So 
I take a very, very simple example. Mm. Um, somebody had come to me with back pain and she had had it for many, many years, for over a decade. Um, and what was interesting for me as I palpated around her back that it was a, in a very, very specific point. Um, and so I looked at the anatomy and I, I checked what point that was. I had a look in, at my point compendium and the point was called heart-womb diaphragm. Heart-womb diaphragm. diaphragm. I mean, the diaphragm bit doesn't really matter, but the but the point is that it was to do with the heart and the womb. Wow. And so I asked her about this and she said, oh gosh, you know, she was a bit taken aback and she said, oh yes, you know, I, I lost a child. Wow. Um, many years ago and it just allowed that grief and allowed, allowed for some healing that she wasn't aware of um, to occur many, many years later. And so there was the body doing its best job yeah. to facilitate and hold on to her yeah. grief and her pain. But the body keeps the score. I was just about to say, <laughs> the body holds the score. Yeah. Yeah. Who wrote that book? Vanda Bessel. What's he called? Yes. Yeah. We know, don't we? We can't, we can't yeah. find the name. Uh, folk or something, 100% the body keeps the score. Yeah. That's incredible. And so there it was sitting in the same way that you're dad's grief and other other things were sitting in your stomach. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I also smoked, so um, that was interesting because the lung holds on to grief yeah, yeah. and loss. Yeah. Do you think um, the smoke was keeping the grief in or you were trying to release it through the smoke? That's an interesting point. I think grief weakens the lungs. Right. And so when you smoke, what you're doing is taking great lungfuls of breath and yes it's it's toxic and full of horrible stuff mm. but um it's also stimulating your lung chi which has become weak through grief and loss fascinating so the body keeps the score and somehow over thousands and thousands of years of empirical observation those sages that created those acupuncture points knew actually which point um, where the body is holding the score for particular issues. It's quite mind-blowing, actually. No, I'm just sitting here <laughs> thinking, how did that happen? Was it received knowledge and intuitive knowing? We don't know. Was it, it, it must have been so, there must have been so many influences. But I do, I do believe that you were... <laughs> You know, back in back then, you were more able. I'm thinking about times of the Buddha and stuff. More able to receive information from, let's say, outside of yourself. Sure. Or learnt from communication with another. Yeah, it has acupuncture has its shamanic root. Right. Okay. Can you just explain? Can you? I didn't know that. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Well, it probably involves some ethno. Um, herbs or something yeah, 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 really yeah, some, some psychedelic activities <laughs> yeah. of course it does <laughs> you know as many medicine absolutely is about yeah but also the observation over time you know it's, it, it has become a mainstream medicine 
Um, and but it still it still requires the practitioner to learn how to observe people's energy and feel it. Do you feel it when someone walks in the room? Um, yes, but it's a different kind of energy. So energy, the you know vibrations of energy are everywhere. Mm. It, it's color, it's sound, it's odor. Um, so those are three things that we use. So if you have a client who comes to you, you will be using your olfactory system. You will be smelling them, just yeah. maybe their breath or the general aroma that you get from them because you've been taught to do that. Yeah. And you'll look at the color of their skin, their tongue. Yeah. Exactly. And feel their heart rate. Take their pulses. Take their pulses. How many pulses are there? We take 12. Wow pulses and all of those well they each relate to a functional system which is named after an organ but it is about function so if you take the stomach at the level of the organ you digest food but at the level of the mind you process information but in in Chinese medicine it's just transforming and transporting that must take a long time to learn it, it does <laughs> It does. I mean, it's a degree. You you do a three-year degree, but that really sets you off. That's the beginning, really. I'm thinking about, is, is there anything else you want to say about um, five-element acupuncture before I fire more questions at you? Um, that's okay. I mean, I could explain a little bit more about the what those characteristics of the five elements are. or Yeah, maybe that'd be lovely. No, that'd be lovely. Please explain. Okay, so I talked about the five elements being about characteristics of phenomena and the interplay. Mm. The characteristics are the elements wood, water, earth, fire and metal. Mm -hmm. And the interplay is the transformation of the seasons. Okay. So we will look at how is the interplay of the seasons is... How is a how are people able to? Um, I was going to say grow their life, but you know, is somebody able to plant a seed and tend to it? So you know, the the mm. metaphor is their life. Yeah. Can they harvest what they have planted? Can they rest during the winter? Mm. Can they let go of things in autumn and take out the minerals? You know the equivalent of. And then the characteristics is really what is the essential nature of this person? You know, when I look at a person, I'm looking to who who are they in health? So the wood element, you know, are they flexible like bamboo? Are they able to um, change their opinions, you know, make decisions? Yeah. Um, think on their feet yeah um i was going to say not like i'm doing at the moment <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you hit that record button it all goes yeah. to rat shit <laughs> we'll have to edit that bit out <laughs> no you're doing brilliantly keep going so we've got so water yeah. yep water water you know do they run at things are they a tsunami right 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 um, are they a bubbling brook uh -huh. creativity of water mm -hmm. 
um, with earth? Is the earth arid? Is it fertile? With fire, you know, fire can scorch uh, on one end or it can hardly be, you know, it can hardly give you any warmth. Um, metal, is it malleable? Is it brittle? Okay. So we look at, yeah, we look at how that is, how those elements are in a person. Um, we also look at their particular worldview, which I mentioned before, you know, that you're born with. How do you see the world? Mm-hmm. And we look at, yeah, helping helping that person to transform the shadow into light. I love that. <laughs> I'm. We can take a quick break. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's okay. do that. Okay, welcome back to Love This Food Thing podcast. Let's move on, Sarah. I think we've spoken as much as we can without, I mean, we were just talking in the break, Sarah and I, about how acupuncture, and to be an acupuncturist, is, it's hugely academic, as well as, as well as being experiential. Yeah, and for sure. It's just, you know, it's PhD a times a million, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> And we were talking about language and mental health language and our different reference points. So let's see if we can illustrate what I'm talking about. And I was also just saying to Sarah that I have this thing at the moment about mental health, the semantics around mental health being uh, informed by the capitalist system that we live in, also informed by right-wing thinking and ideology and how that language although it seems to be inclusive, it dresses itself up as being inclusive, I think there is a hidden agenda. That's just my thing that I'm exploring. So I might say to Sarah, okay, so you have someone that comes to you for treatment. They have a food disorder. They have eating disorder behaviors. They have addictive tendencies or they're an addict. And I'm naming them from my Western, my Westernized thinking and my Western culture. And Let's say someone's an addict and we'll throw everyone in there, you know, alcohol, food, drugs, sex, work, whatever. Um, And I think you'd have a different take on it, wouldn't you? I think maybe you wouldn't call them an addict. You would be calling them someone who was in distress or take it over from from me. Yeah, I would be calling them a would causative factor. You'd be calling them with, a, with stop, fire stop, within. Stop, 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 stop. So you'd be calling them a wood causative factor with, with fire, fire within. within. Earth That's within fire. Earth with, and what, what a release. And now we're into the, to, to pop music. <laughs> and we're back to the 70s and the 80s. Um, so there's no how release for, Exactly. How releasing is that? And how empowering? Rather than I'm an addict, I'm an anorexic, a bulimic, I'm a sex addict, whatever. I'm... A wood causative factor. Fire within wood. Fire within wood. Earth within fire. For example. For example. Yeah. Okay. Not all addicts are. (laughs) (laughs) Don't use the word addict. So so what's going on then in the wood causative factor and the fire within the wood? Well, let's just be clear to start with. Yes. You know, our modern world has just intense experiences, intense food, you know, sugar, alcohol, refined cocoa plant. Mm. So 
our bodies and our psyche aren't designed to deal with those things. So the fact that a lot of people are getting addicted to substances yeah. is not surprising. No. Our physiology is not designed to have that available to us. And also I always say that if you are manifesting behaviours around food in whatever way, I always say it's a very uh, easy place to work out your stuff. It has this, like, I think I said the other day, like this kind of 3D quality. It's right there, you know? Yeah, it's available. Yeah, it's available. It's available. But also in a form that is is not natural. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you might have had fermented foods that have a little bit of alcohol, and you, you might have had that, or you might have had a, banana, uh, a cocoa leaf to chew on, but not, you know, as a powder that you... Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So that that's important to to take that pressure away that it's it's understandable because the addiction is our our bodies do get addicted to substances that we're not designed to to have yeah in our bodies do you think our bodies get addicted more than our mind gets addicted i think it's a combination of of both okay but we know this so a lot of people are taking substances and they know that there is a problem with it that they shouldn't be taking it so that that's the question you know why why are people starting but in a way when people come to me and they talk about things in a way their story isn't important it is important there is a human there and you know there's a relationship in the treatment room but it's the way that they're saying it that's more important and it's the energy that I am observing when they say things. Yeah, so you're not listening to the, the the narrative. You are listening to the narrative, but you're listening to the underneath the narrative and how it's put across and actually what isn't said. Yeah, but more, but yes, so the colour, you know, when somebody talks about grief or when they talk about something that they're frustrated in, does does that stay? Are they able to move in and out of that emotion, or is there something there that's not being uh, a need that's not being met, and they stay there, or you know, things that they do that are inappropriate? So I'm looking at the color, sound, odor, and emotion in the treatment room, right? And I'm looking to restore that part of them, you know, bring bring the light out, um, and you know, there's lots of spirit points um that we use for that there are a lot lo- a lot of blocks to treatment so when i take somebody's pulse i will see ah you know the energy isn't running properly through from the liver to the lung which means that they can't connect to their authentic nature is there authentic nature in the lung i mean in the liver well liver is about self esteem and lung is about self worth okay um so it doesn't matter how much they try they simply can't do that because the energetic to enable them to connect to themselves just isn't the route isn't there right the road is blocked like the tree's fallen on the road and you can't get over yeah exactly yeah so there are various treatments that are around blocks that that i feel in the pulse and then when that is clear, then you've got a level playing field. You know, you, that person at least has a chance to start the healing journey. And does, can I ask you this? 
when that, okay, when the tree that has fallen across the road has been cleared, mm-hmm. is there an electrical charge that changes the neurological activity? Does everything start firing or does it just go backwards and forwards from the lung to the liver, lung to the liver, lung to the liver? Do you see? Yeah. Um, is that a really stupid question? No, I understand what you're asking. Um, we want that block to stay cleared. Okay. Um, and so when I start, so say I have um, diagnosed somebody as a, a wood fire within. Use me. Within. Use me. <laughs> I've been diagnosed as a wood causative effect and fire within the wood. Use me. Okay. Um, so I think your authentic nature is within the wood element. So okay. I start treatments which will restore the proper flow of movement that brings in the yuan chi, which is your original source. That you came in with. Yeah. I start building that up with you. Right. And I take your pulse at the end of treatment. Mm-hmm. I've cleared your block. Mm-hmm. And you come back in and, uh, well, no, let's say I diagnose you as a, a wood fire within. I take your pulse. And if I've got that right, if I've got that diagnosis right, then all of your pulses will have improved. Uh, everything comes up. Yeah. Wow. If I've got it wrong, then maybe wood, just the wood pulse will come up. And it probably won't hold over treatment. So when you come in and I take your pulse, then I'll know whether that diagnosis was correct or not. Because we're made up of all of the colours, you know, with all of the elements. So um, that diagnosis is is the important thing to get right. (laughs) As, As well as, you know, someone might come in for pain and that's all they want you to treat. Then you'll, you know, you'll just treat pain okay um you won't treat a little bit of something else but they don't know about it i i will start by giving a very brief um explanation which is true that clearing aggressive energy means that if i when i then go on to treat the pain um it will hold better because really acupuncture is um when it's like opening um a dam yeah and i'm not i'm not talking about entry exit blocks now between the liver and lung i'm just talking about normal acupuncture points um if there is aggressive energy in the body then you're just moving it around the body and i don't want to do that so i start treatment with an aggressive energy drain and then i'll go on to treat the pain but even even hearing that from me is enough often to that people are a bit intrigued about what else acupuncture can treat other, mm. other than yeah. just treating pain. So if I came to you, we're nearing the end, but let me use myself as an example. So I don't know when I first met you, if I told you about my eating disorder history, I guess there's two things. I want to know that if someone comes to you and they say to you, that they are bulimic or anorexic or they have these behaviors or they overexercise or, you know, there's so many, yeah, so many different ways we can experience these food disorders and physical disorders. Ugh, what am I trying to say? Do you pick it up and uh, d- 
did you uh, is there kind of like is there a commonality is there a commonality of emotional or spiritual distress that you can go oh that belongs to that group of people who work out their feelings with food or through their body if you hadn't have said something to me, yeah. I may well have felt a quality on the stomach and spleen, or the earth as we call it, earth pulse. Um, but I may not have diagnosed you as um, an earth causative factor because your eating disorder really depends on, you know, that child when it was triggered originally um, had that belief about itself. It It may not necessarily have um you know um taken a eating disorder mm. it may have done something else but people who have um maybe involved in repetitive behaviors or you know more extreme proper ocd is is there a commonality there if you had 10 people just in a in a kind of blind test would you be treating similar points or are you saying, no, it's not like that because everybody's different? Yeah, everybody's different. Right, right, People right, come right. to me and I would, you know, I remember I'm just thinking about somebody in particular who came to me and I was so, so surprised that they had, um, well, they had a, an addiction to drugs mm. because they were so together Um and that's the other thing, you know, one of the things that we do, the behaviours that we take on to cover our our wound and our shadow is mm. a, a, a complete mask. You know, yeah. I think we were joking last time that sometimes when you ask somebody, how are you? They go, oh, I'm fine. You know? yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I have to go by the colour, sound, odour and motion and their, and their pulses right. to understand what's going on with them. And also it's a limited time, isn't it? Yeah. You do what you can in that amount of time. Yeah. Hmm. It's fascinating. So it is, you know, it's good. If somebody wants to do that work in terms of uncovering the shadow um, and healing that shadow, you, you can't do that in one treatment. You know, it, it is a process. We We talk about it as layers of an onion you know something will heal yeah. and then something else will pop up that's, that's ready to heal before we finish i've got a couple more questions for you i've realized that we haven't spoken about your meditation practice but i think that your your work and your life is completely informed by a meditation practice maybe that's another podcast sarah <laughs> is there anything yeah, in particular absolutely. that you've no, sorry yes it's yeah it is it's another podcast um Go on. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, that is where a lot of my own work is done on, right. on the meditation mat, mm -hmm. um, because that's when stuff comes up Yeah, and you can distance yourself from it. So you can observe your thoughts and emotions without being dragged into your own story. Oh, such a relief, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, such a relief. Such a relief. <laughs> just, okay, so two more questions. Have you noticed anything in particular post-pandemic with people that are coming to you with, a again, a kind of general theme? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not just the pandemic, but everything that's going on in, in the world at the moment. And what are people bringing to you? There's um, a lot of depression. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, you know, what is the point of all of this? Right. Um still still some respiratory and and heart issues 
But yeah, it's a combination of things. Is it different from 10, 15 years ago? I think it is, but, but you know, cos- cosmologically, if, yeah. that's a, if that is even a word. It is. <laughs> um, you know, we're going through a massive transformation. It's a start of a new cycle mm. and that always involves the death of something else. Yeah. So it's a difficult, it's a wobbly time to yeah, be it is. energetically. I had a great therapist who told me, I think I've mentioned this before in another interview, but he's used to say when the ship's rocking, just hold on. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, you know, that's when I was a kid, it was like, hold on to your knickers. <laughs> hold on to your apple catchers. It's raining apples. So my final question, thank you so much for coming on. It's been absolutely delightful, is if you were going to an island any kind of island any kind of climate what five foods would you take with you you don't have to stick to them you can change your mind next week oh gosh that's i would take the food from singapore for sure okay which is rice satay laksa chicken chicken rice (laughs) okay laksa laksa chicken rice no chicken rice what was the other one um, satay. Satay. Yeah. And you've got two more. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I'd probably have to take some dark chocolate. Okay. And some pineapple. Ah, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on Love This Food Thing podcast. Is there anything you want to say before you go? We'll have all your information. Sarah's based in London. Yeah. Central London. Is there anything you'd like to say that I haven't picked up on or a parting, parting words? No, I mean, if you have any questions about acupuncture, if you just want to discuss whether it's right for you, then I'd be very happy to chat or discuss by email. Yeah, Sarah has a fabulous website and she does amazing newsletters, but all that information will be on, <clears throat> excuse me, your show notes. Sarah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Love This Food Thing. If you'd like to reach me, I'm on Instagram at Love This Food Thing, or you can head to our website, lovethisfoodthing.com. Join our community. Everyone's welcome. Catch you in the next episode.